0: We didn't think style needed to be boring, you know, and we we never never had a conversation. It was just in hindsight, I looked back and it was like, the way we dress, the way we decorate, it's a reflection of you. So why would it be boring? You know, you're not boring. So us, your home, is a a reflection of you and your adventures, your personality. So why do you want everything to be the same color, everything to be, you know, what Pottery Barn or whoever at the time, you know, is telling you the colors should be.
1: Hey everybody, Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome to the show. So you guys, I'm so happy today because we are kicking off a brand new series, which I always love doing, but particularly this one, it is called For the Love of Favorite Pastimes. Okay, let me talk about what I mean by this. Tons of us struggle to fit in the things we love to do in between the things we have to do. Do you know what I mean? Like we all know it can be super helpful and healing to carve out time for ourselves and to do the things that bring us joy and growth and satisfaction. And it feels like, yes, it is time for us to pursue the passion projects that we've put off or the hobbies that we gave up when that last baby came along or the past times that bring us joy and help us be better humans. I know for sure. I have been running around much faster lately. I mean, really, I was just thinking about this, this very morning, how little margin I have in my life right now, just between, if you follow me online, firing off all the family grits, LOL, that's a group text that sydney just taught me the word grext freshly entering the dating scene which is fantastic or creating me courses for you i am on the move and so i thought this would be the perfect series reminder to all of us who are trying to do it all because hobbies and pastimes are what keep us grounded and inspired and connected right okay so plus what i love about this series is that so many of these folks turn what was just like a side passion in their personal lives into their full-time job in fact i think almost every one of them has i'm going through the rolodex in my mind real quick which is so great so we've got traversing the outdoors we have gardening we have cooking we even have in the series making book pies that'll make sense later okay just hang in on that one that that'll become clear it's so inspiring to talk to people who have turned what they love to do, their craftsmanship, their hobby, their their innovation, their creativity, their sort of like soul heart project into what they do full-time. These guests are fire, y'all. And so I'm going to run down the list real quick. So you'll be as excited about this series as I am. Here's what's coming up in this fun series. So first of all, we've got Ben Steele. Ben is an avid Outdoors enthusiast. And as the chief customer officer for REI, may have heard of it, he knows quite a lot about what gets us to put those hiking boots on and get outdoors. We've got Marcus Bridgewater, AKA Garden Marcus, if you follow him online. He is a plant positivity guru. That will also make sense to you when you hear his amazing interview, who knows that actually learning how to grow plants may hold a special pathway. learning to grow ourselves you guys we have terry turner i loved that episode she's the creator and author of the wildly popular no crumbs left cookbook and social media space food is her love language so so much same and her mantra is don't be afraid to fail it's just food you guys i loved every second with her i felt like she was my kindred soul we have stephanie hawker smith she is the creator of the book pie I literally cannot describe this. You're just going to have to follow her on on Instagram because she combined her love of reading and baking to create the most beautiful pies inspired by the books she read, inspired by their cover art. I can't do it justice. You're going to have to look at it to understand. Okay, we are here to discover and maybe rediscover. Ways that we can find fun and peace and joy through extracurricular activities and maybe even find ourselves in the process. So I could not hope to kick this series off with two better people because our guests this week are two women I love. And also they cause me grief because I want to buy everything they curate. Amy and Jolie are best known probably as the duo of their hit TV show on HGTV called Junk Gypsies. I love them. Amy ditched her nine-to-five job in Austin years ago and headed back to East Texas to figure out like who she was and if there was more to life than being stuck in an office. And she's going to talk about that in this interview. Their passion for flea markets and open road ushered them into this really incredible journey where they have built, I told them this, but Uh, There's no other way to say it. They've built an empire. They have a flea market showroom. They've hosted their own hit show on HTV and beyond. They are the go-to designers for Miranda Lambert. They now run a magical inn under the Texas stars where anybody can go to unwind or get lost or maybe even get found again. I have stayed there and I love it. And I love these girls. My first introduction to them was their show. And I was like, wait a minute. I love them. I love their aesthetic. I love their vibe. I love their relationship. And like the internet does or can, we became friends. And so I have since been out to their property, I don't know, numerous times. And we've met here. They're just as fantastic as you think they are. They have built this beautiful business without ever sacrificing one ounce of their integrity. And we're going to talk a lot about that because it is so inspiring. So I, this is who I want to kick this series off with these women, these friends of mine, they encapsulate finding a way to do the things we love in between the things we have to do and then making it their whole thing. So you guys, oh, you're going to love them. Please remember that all my episodes are also over on YouTube because it's so fun to watch these episodes too. When you get to see us interact and you get to see their facial expressions. And then as it relates to this show, they're filming in a room that we end up talking about, which is their latest project. And you're going to want to see it. So that's over on my YouTube channel. But otherwise, however you listen to this episode, you're going to enjoy it. So welcome to a new series and welcome my first guests in it, Amy and Jolie Sykes of Junk Gypsy. Amy and Jolie, finally, welcome to the show. This I was just telling you girls, we've been friends for way too long. Like, why are you just now coming on the show? I have no idea. My bad.
2: Hey, Say the best for last, I guess.
1: That's it. Long, but- I mean, I've already told my listeners a little bit about you girls and what it is you do sort of but can you just take a minute here before we get into the weeds on it about what it is you do cuz at this point you have a lot of slivers of the pie chart and how this kind of i mean hobby really or like pastime or just this this random thing that y'all liked turned into a full time gig and then some y'all have four full time jobs
0: Yep. We have a lot of buckets to jump
1: to. Yeah, you do. Yeah,
0: we, we do at this point. But in the beginning, when you want to start off with that,
2: well, I mean, also, Jolie and I are both probably very ADD, probably both of us. So that's why we just keep adding to the pile of the responsibilities. But first of all, we're sisters. Do you know a lot of people don't know that we're sisters? So everybody always, people will ask, like, when did y'all meet? When did you start? Right. I'm like, were y'all college roommates. Yeah, yeah. Jolie. Two years late to work, you know, like (laughs) put up in 1972 and she didn't get here until 75. So two and a half. But I'm like, two years late to work. I was, I hit the ground running, you know. No, I mean, it actually didn't start as a hobby, which I think is part of why it's been successful. Because I had graduated college, Jolly was getting her master's, and I got a real job. I just knew there had to be more to life. I was, and our parents had been self-employed. we would grown up in a self-employed family. I was just, I would watch these women running to work on their lunch hour. I worked in downtown Austin and I just thought this isn't for me, you know, and my creative brain was, you know, caged. And so honestly, our mom said, she said, Amy, why don't you just move home and just figure out what you want to do with your life? I mean, you're, you know, I was going to go to law school. I kind of put that on hold and all that stuff and then started doing the flea market. I didn't know what else to do. And mom suggested it. And so mom started doing it with me. And the next thing I know, I've got a big truck. I've got a trailer full of junk, a flea market. I'm like a total badass, like hooking up my trailer with my diesel truck. And I'm like, all of a sudden, this thing that I was doing just to make ends meet became the thing that no matter what, I couldn't leave. So it was like, all of a sudden, it came from like, this was just to make some money. And then all of a sudden, it was like, but wait a second. Love this life. Love these people. How do you make this a real job? And so then I started getting Jolie. And it took her about five years to kind of finish in college and, you know, stuff like that and getting married and stuff like that. And so when Jolie came on, it's when we started like, you know, and that it's, it's been almost 25 years.
1: Yeah. Y'all dang, dang. It has been okay. I have a million questions. Let me, let me start here. I want to hear from you first, Amy, about those early days, because like you just said, you hopped into flea market junking kind of just like, cause I gotta, I gotta pay my cell phone. You know, it, it wasn't, y'all are too good at this for this not to have been a big, some part of you growing up, like your eye for design and your eye for refurbishing and refinishing and reimagining. I mean- why did you pick that? And what were those earliest days like? Was it a combination of being like kind of alive in your bones? Like, God, I freaking love this. And also I'm out of my depth. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what was it?
2: So, okay. So our parents owned restaurants when we were growing up, they owned three restaurants and all of, all of them were old downtown buildings that we renovated together as a family. Our parents weren't rich restauranteurs that it wasn't, there was no investment group. You know, it was just, like they weren't fancy restaurants. They weren't fancy restaurants, and you know we were physically working in the restaurants. And the the decor was very unique. I mean, it
0: was. Do you remember Bennigan's? <laughs> do I? It was almost like a Bennigan's, I and mean, it was before Bennigan's even came about. I think that it almost had that same. But uh-huh. like it was, they they really salvaged and uh-huh. saved and preserved the oldness of everything. I mean, yeah. they were preserving old paint before it was cool and yeah. old signs. Back then, people were just tossing old signs; oh nobody even wanted the number of signs we had because nobody wanted them. Yeah, now they're worth so much. So the the stores were co- the restaurants were decorated with all this old found stuff. Uh-huh. Like we grew up going to Canton, the flea market.
2: An auction, Options, and every and garage single garage sale that the car. Purchased.
0: Nothing in a single restaurant. No equipment was mm-hmm. new. Like, in the kitchen, everything was from. Mm-hmm. A, nothing was new. I remember. I remember when we got a new ice machine, <laughs> and it was it was well like fifteen years into the restaurant. You know, business. you've
1: made it when. And when you open a package of a new ice machine, and you're like, no one's ever made ice in this before.
0: A new ice yeah. machine. I remember, I remember it was like, had a Japanese name. It was like this big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, so, but you know, it goes back further than that. I mean, we are, because Junk Gypsy at this point, I think we can say it's successful. It's There's successful. A culmination of like our parents' success. You know, I always say that junk, junk gypsy started almost 25 years ago, but really it started like, you know, 50 years, you know, almost 50 years ago, we were little bitty and, you know, they were like, you know, they were trying to, you know, scrape two pennies together and we were both wanted to be entrepreneurs and they were figuring things out. And our mom grew up super poor with a single mom. She projects. Our dad grew up on a farm in Arkansas. So they were farmers, you know, farmers. You don't buy it. You fix it or you make 100%.
1: it.
2: 100%. So just growing up the way both of them grew up is, of course, their sensibilities. They took that into their entrepreneurial world and they were failure they- I think, yeah, I think we weren't really,
0: it wasn't modeled to us to be cautious, yeah. which hmm. is good and like bad. But like the pizza restaurant, it was a pizza restaurant, hand tossed, pizza dough, which in hindsight is so random because, I mean, he, our dad is just. 100% pure red, down, genuine Arkansas country boy.
1: I, I mean, mean you, I love your dad. Like I,
0: food, homemade biscuit, <laughs> gravy, right. I mean, the, the stereotypical country boy. Uh-huh. Where do they come up with pizza?
1: That is so true. Why?
0: It seems so <laughs> unsafe. It was so unsafe.
1: Uh,
0: it's but not their did. genre
1: at all. <laughs>
0: Yeah. They no. did not stay in their life. Everybody we were kids, people would go, so are you all Italian? We're like, oh yeah. look Italian. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: listen to us. Listen to the way we talk. Do you think sure. we're, Italian? Right. <laughs> yeah, but we're
2: not Italian? But you know, just don't let any Italians come here and taste our pizza and judge us. But we did good pizza. It was really yeah. good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love what I love how you correlated that with you just weren't taught then to be risk averse. Like that wasn't baked into your childhood, this idea of let's do the safe thing or the easier thing, or even the predictable thing. That's special. That's hard to duplicate because that served y'all well. Cause you just went out on the edge of the limb. Yeah, you yeah. built your business. I mean, you really did. <laughs> I
2: remember when I quit my job, turned down law school. And the next thing I know, I'm like, you know, I went to Texas A&M it's, and all of a sudden I'm literally slinging junk at flea markets and people are like, Oh my God. You know, what's your 401k? Yeah. I'll never get <laughs> at a wedding and somebody goes, oh my God, but what about your 401k? And I was like, what about it? Oh my like, gosh. I mean, I'm just not going to live for that. You know what I mean? Like, cause we, we had, a we had friends back then even that were like, hated their jobs. Yep. Like, you know, not that a 401k is a
0: bad thing. No. Uh
1: But I hear what you're saying. Not for anyone to toss their 401k. (laughs) No, no, we like them. We like the idea of retirement, but we also like the idea of loving what you do.
2: Of loving your work. Between college and retirement. It's like there's such a mindset out there of you don't really like it, but you'll just, you work in for retirement. Well, what the hell? You know, so we were like, no, we weren't raised that way. We didn't want that. And money was never the most important thing. So, it, you know, it was just really like quality of life. In, was, the, beginning, you know, the, in
0: the beginning, the biggest goal for us was how do we work together as a family and do things we enjoy? So that was kind of the drivers. That was the drivers in the beginning. And she yeah. had already been dabbling in the flea, you know, doing flea market stuff. And uh-huh. I was going in every weekend. And then it just from there, it just took off.
1: Was that an easy yes for you, Jolie? Because, I mean, you're out here getting a graduate degree. Like, did you feel like I need to at least use this graduate degree for one damn day before I'm slinging junk?
0: I still think that a little bit. But I did actually Don't like my, I did like my job. I was an advisor for a and that was just such a fun. I mean, you know, the college life is so fun and work on campus. So I did enjoy that, but I was going in, I mean, burning up the roads every weekend to go work with them every weekend already for probably a year. Uh so basically the day I finished my master's I basically quit my job but I did have a catalyst because that's when our dad had been diagnosed with leukemia and so we had one of our restaurants was in Canton and so I had asked you know can I take I can't remember anymore this was 25 years ago but I was like can I take two sick days a month basically right Uh two or three a month to go run the Restaurant, you know, and run, it was in the same location to do the restaurant and then run help them, right. but really to help dad. He had leukemia a month because he was fixing to start chemo. And my boss said no. And I remember just thinking, this is weird. This is just not right. You know, my dad has a terminal cancer, you know, and, and an incredible cancer at this point. We don't know what's yeah. going to happen. yeah And he needs my help. So it was, at that point, it was like that was the easy answer just cut the ties, walk away. And then I helped with the restaurant and, and was on full board
2: with them. So, well, and I would say Jolie has a master's degree in nutrition. So we eat very healthy. That's depressing. I'm very obnoxious. <laughs> <That's depressing. laughs> I'm very obnoxious. <laughs> oh,
1: God, that is so funny. you all sell biscuits. Get serious. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: come on. Okay, fine. Maybe in your private life. For the love of biscuits, yes. <laughs> For real. Patience is a virtue, but you guys, no one likes waiting on a paycheck. We've got things to do and bills to pay and stuff to handle. This is where Chime comes in hot. With Chime, you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to pay some bills, throw some money in savings, and generally just feel good about handling your finances. But here's the thing. Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and an optional savings account too. So practice patience in another category, guys. But when it comes to getting that paycheck payoff early, go with Chime. Applying for a free account takes us in two minutes. Get started at chime.com slash for the love. That's chime.com slash for the love. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank N.A., members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. I love unique companies that allow us to mash up all our favorite things and express our individual styles. That's what the gals at Junk are doing. And that's also what a company called Pear Eyewear is doing. Here's what makes Pear really cool in this space. They have customizable prescription glasses that literally allow you to change your look in a snap. That's because their glasses have a base frame and a magnetic top frame that makes it easy to switch styles. And they literally have... Hundreds of top frame designs to match whichever base frame you choose. You guys know that I had LASIK surgery last year, but when I found out about Pear, you better believe I ordered their non-prescription sunnies that are just as interchangeable. So yes, we would like to change our glasses and our sunglasses as much as we change our clothes. Thank you, Pear, for understanding. And good news, their base frames start at just $60, including prescription lenses. Can't beat it. And one more thing that we love around here is a company giving back. For every pair purchased, pair provides glasses and vision care for children around the world. Incredible. So get glasses as unique as you are. One pair, infinite styles, and starting at just $60. Go to pairIwear.com slash for the love and get 15% off your first purchase. That's 15% off at P A I R Iwear.com slash for the left. So, okay. I want to hear y'all talk me through, pick up this story from right there. So you finally like onboard Jolie to like hang it up, come back home. I want to hear several things. What was your vision for this at that moment? Or did you even have one? What were you doing and what was working and what wasn't? And then how did this begin to grow? Because at this point, and I've mentioned this already to my listeners, I mean, y'all have built an empire. I'm sorry. That's what it's called. And so I can't imagine that you had a vision for all of this at the beginning, right? Can you talk, can you talk about the early, the early years?
2: We didn't have a vision for what's happened now, but I do remember our mom saying that and so Canton is this huge trade day for anyone who doesn't know, it's a it's a huge flea market that's every month right outside of Dallas. So uh, we were doing Canton and I remember I had a country living magazine and I was looking through it and I remember I said something to mom. I said, you know, one day when we're in this magazine, da da whatever, and she she says to this day that she remembers me saying that and she thought, what are you even saying? She said she never would have dreamed that big that we could have been in a magazine. And she said, and here you were sitting there at Canton at the flea market going one day when we're in this magazine. And sure enough, we were. I mean, we we were within two years we were in Country Living Magazine. We've been in there multiple times now, but you know, it, we've been in Fortune Small Business, we've been in Glamour, we've been in, you know, a lot of them, you know, today show a handful of times. But at the time, I remember just thinking, someday we're gonna be in this magazine, but really I didn't think quite a whole lot past that. But Jolie and I are workers, and survivors, and our family is too. And so it's just, yeah, I don't think that we had a plan for what's happened. Yeah. We don't have a plan to happen next year, to be honest. I think
0: we open ourselves up and we stay open-minded and uh-huh. we don't stay too rigid, you know, and we try to bend and, and add flow, you know, and um, be open to the opportunities that come. We said no to some, probably that we should have said yes to. Yes to some, we should have said no to. But to circle back to your question on the, um I can't remember how you asked it. Things that didn't work, we have a good story on that because the first thing mom and Amy did before I was on board is they decided yep. they were going to go to the first time ever at Canton. They were going to sell pillows, and they
2: handmade for weeks. But they were oh, and I had one of the old sewing machines, like the kind that of, uh, from the eighteen hundreds with it's the lost, foot with the yeah. foot pedal, yeah. yeah. You know, I wasn't on board yet because I can't even thread a needle. Yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> so We did these pillows that had all this fringe hanging on them. And then we were tying on all these like found objects, like beads, beads and, and old keys. And they're like found object pillows. It was like a pillow with like this fringe on it with all this fun,
0: like raggedy stuff. And <laughs> we still have some. They're cute. Oh. Anyway, so we all loaded up. You know, I was still in, in College Station, but I oh. drove in. We all loaded up. Went to Canton. Went did this whole setup. Canton's a five-day flea market. Did not sell one pillow the whole. Not entire
1: one time. pillow. Not one. The oh whole God. five did days. You, That's yeah, a long. Did time. you cry? Like, did you cry?
2: I. Mean, it was pretty depressing. It was pretty long,
1: long. But I'll tell
2: you, when people, so here's the thing, and and people have asked us before, like, I'm trying to start a business. and doing this as a hobby, which I think a lot of people can do that. If I, had, if this had been a hobby at that point, I would have said, "It's not going to work. Go back and get a try." I tried. It's not going to work. Go back and get a real job. I did not have a real job to go back. That's right. You had no plan B. I no backup plan. Not so when, parachute. when, there, right. So when there's, when you don't have that, you better by God figure it out, you know? And that's what we did. And, and so that was a good, that was really probably the best thing that could have ever, ever happened at right. that point, but there was no backup plan. And so there was no, you just had to go and try it again because you know, I, I had, I had no money.
0: <laughs> so what, what we t- we learned from that flea market, what we learned is that everybody was interested in the display pieces, which were old chippy-peely, the furniture and dressers and vanities and things like that. And everybody was interested in those. So we went back and kind of changed the whole plan. Uh-huh. I guess nowadays you would call it a pivot. Oh, we pivoted. <laughs> we pivoted. <laughs> and then that's how I became, you know, chippy-peely furniture. And, you know, we would display like you do in your home. Back then, I I don't really remember many people hanging chandeliers. And I mean, I know some you know, yeah. the chandeliers or in you your booth, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's when that's how that all became.
1: Yeah. To be. Yeah, you guys, you had such a clear point of view stylistically. Like, you know, you're the junk gypsy look is irreplaceable. It's not, you can't, you don't swap it out with somebody else's aesthetic or their style. It's y'all's. Like, it belongs to you. I, I, I feel like I could spot it in a sea of a million. Right. And so you brought that early, even when that wasn't the trend, you know, Uh, because a lot of people copy y'all now they try to emulate what you do. They imitate what you do, but at the time that was pretty like out there. And so I I love it because you put your chips on yourselves. You just believe that what you knew to be like interesting and beautiful and stylish somebody else would see. What'd you do from there? What happened? So Canton, you go back to Canton. You're like, forget the, the key pillows and the beads. We're going to do like dressers and side tables. And then what? Then what started happening?
2: So we started doing that. And then of course, because you start working your own aesthetic into it and you start figuring out who you are, right? So it's like all of a sudden it's becoming not just a booth where you're buying furniture. It's like, people are all of a sudden you start realizing they're like buying into your lifestyle. You know? And I remember I was one of the only girls in this business back then. I was 25 and I was by far the youngest for sure. There was a few guys that were around my age, but there were no girls. All of a sudden I was having women who were twice my age saying, Oh my God, I want to be you when I grow up, which was so odd, you know? And so, but then we just kept going hardcore into like well let's people like what we're doing obviously I guess and so let's just keep going that direction and we kept putting things out there like the first t-shirt design we ever did was a quote that had been on my wall when I had a cubicle and it said well-behaved women rarely make history back then I had never seen that quote anywhere not on a bumper sticker not on a t-shirt not anywhere at that time it wasn't so we did the very first t-shirt design was just a Group of cowgirls with that quote, and I thought, This is like our rebel, girl. you know what I mean? Like, this is our cry out for, like, this is like not like go dance on the tables and get naked. I mean, if you want to, fine, but like, this is like, <laughs> you know, so stir the pot, you know, raise a ruckus, you know, and like do what you want to do and follow your dreams. And so, literally, we took that box to the flea market of the t shirts before we could even get on unboxed. People were just ripping them out of the box, like, people love this you know like and so that was kind of a real turning point too was that moment with that t-shirt design and then we just kind of kept you know we always say Junk Gypsy is its own life and like just its its own machine and we're just like it's dragging us along behind it and we're just trying to keep up like okay what's the next thing we're supposed to do with Junk Gypsy
0: I think in the beginning a lot of it like the well-behaved women I think it's kind of how we've done everything even with our design esthetic it's been a little bit of coloring outside the lines you know back then you know 25 years ago it was just what we liked. we weren't mm-hmm. we were looking at country livings and design books we we're reading business books voraciously because yeah. unfortunately neither one of us have a business degree <laughs> totally but we weren't here we weren't looking at you know you should have this many colors in your bedroom and the rug actually placed like this right. and yeah. like so five inches from the sol- i mean that kind of stuff never meant anything to us we just did mm-hmm what we liked and we knew that we didn't think style needed to be boring. You know, and we we never, never a conversation. It was just in hindsight, I look back and it was like the way we dress, the way we decorate, it's a reflection of you. So why would it be boring? You know, you're not boring. So as your home is is a reflection of you and your adventures, your personality. So why do you want everything to be the same color or everything to be, you know, what Pottery Barn or whoever at the time, you know, is telling you the colors should be. So I think that was kind of, we just did what we wanted to do mm-hmm. back then, what we thought was fun. And our mom has always been, there's always like this like childlike thing about her, you know, like she likes, she likes little, cheap little trinkets that mean nothing to anybody else. It's like a silly, uh-huh.
2: like what, like a, not a gumball machine thing, but I can't. a type of thing. So like that's the kind of stuff that we, we grew up in a house that you could put your feet up on the coffee table. Yeah, And I get we had it. a few in our house and, you know, everything was mismatched and like, you know, and. We had the most popular house in Austin. (laughs) People were always hanging out at our house because we had a jukebox and you could, our mom worried about, you know, the, the cans being a certain direction in the pantry or or whatever, you know, it was a lived in house. And that was what became the style for Dungency. It was just a lived-in, comfortable style. That's kind of, it didn't have any rules and it's inclusive.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: The whole time has always been inclusive to everybody. And so Start <laughs> but that's always just been important for us. And I think we hear it still at the store and we hear it like we do big events and we're just like, that's so important to us that that does convey.
1: That's right. Y'all set a really wide table and that was clear from the beginning that people could come to y'all as they are and be like loved and welcomed into your, your space. So at this point you had built a pretty, I mean, this wouldn't have been the word you'd have probably used back then, nor would have I, but you, you'd you kind of figured out your brand. So what was the next big iteration of Junk Gypsy? Like the, the next big movement that came along and you're like, we are about to level up right here.
2: Five years into doing Canton, because that was like regular money, right? It's every month. You know, we decided to let it go so that we could build a website. And this was in the early days of websites. I mean, you know, 20, 20- and 20 years ago, Jolie and I, I'll <laughs> never forget loading up my huge computer in the back seat of my Dodge, truck, and loading everything up in the back seat of my truck and driving to the station. Her and her husband were in college station, and, and Jolie's husband, you know, God loving, had a real job just in case all the, you know, hit the Totally. <laughs> <family. laughs> Oh my gosh. Don't lose your real job?
1: We don't totally to work, so. Just one person has to have one. Just one. Like, one, of that's one of
2: the seven. One of the seven. <laughs> the time, we didn't have kids. And so I moved to College Station into their spare bedroom. And we took the other spare bedroom and turned it into our office where she and I hammered out and literally built our website. And back then, there were no kids, there was totally. no one. You know, we were like literally writing HTML like code. Oh my
0: know? gosh! <laughs> like,
2: all, you know, it's like
0: college though, and you know, you pull all nighters, and it, oh, yeah. it, that's what we were doing. We were you We were young enough, but we still thought that was kind of fun. Now I'm like, it is eight o'clock, and it is time for. Bed. <laughs> Do not expect me to past eight p.m. You want to go out at least. what?
1: Y'all, if we did an all-nighter right now at our age, it would take us a solid week to
0: recover.
2: Oh, yeah, one week. Yes. yes, roll me around. We were pull all nighters, so though, trying to build that website and that we, whole summer. And we went through a couple of website companies, like trying to get our vision correct. I remember we actually made one guy start crying <laughs> because he was like, I don't get what you want. And we're like, we know you don't get it, but this isn't. It. So then we were like, we have to do it all ourselves. Like, we got to figure this out. And like, I'm in an introductory class to graphics in college. To- Intro class. I mean, it's like we were doing cut and paste still. It was like the last class was Photoshop. It was like this new thing, you know. And, uh, we just were like, well, we got to do this ourselves. With. Nobody's going to ever be able to capture our look in graphic. Inside. We're just going to do it ourselves. And so that's how we started it, you know. That was the next thing. That was the big thing. That was mm-hmm. the next big thing was the website. Pretty soon after that, another really big moment for us was Fortune Small Business Magazine. Yeah. Late one night, two or three in the morning, we would read Fortune Small Business voraciously. And like a, a lot of these magazines, you know, and, and books, like Jolie said, back then, we, you know, we really did study up on business stuff. Well, late one night email to Fortune Small Business was like, hey, we're, we're this, we sell junk. <laughs> we're these Texas girls selling junk and we're da da We just, we're looking for like some resources for small businesses and that literally the next day they called us and they were so like, we write a story on y'all.
1: No way.
2: Each year back then they would pick a small business that they felt like had potential and they would bring in a team of consult- consultants. Wow. You guys. Yeah. And so they brought, and it was like, kind of like, it took a few months to write this article. The biggest thing for us was they brought in the founders of Banana Republic. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. And you know, you remember how Banana Republic used to be when it first started before Gap bought it? And it was like, oh. sorry, like the safari. Are you kidding me?
1: I couldn't afford one stitch of clothing in there, but I would like peek in the windows like, damn, banana, like <laughs> <laughs> it all looked like a safari. Everything was khaki. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. And they're so creative. So they brought them in and yeah. I'm telling you, they were like, that shit. Patricia Ziegler was like an angel to us, truly.
1: Uh, I have goosebumps. So they literally consulted you. These these business experts came around y'all's little business and like helped you grow.
0: Yes. Right. That was the article. Yes. Was, was their advice to our small business. And that yeah. became the article.
2: Yeah.
1: That is so cool. And
2: yeah. So that was definitely a turning point. And then that one, after that, is when production companies started calling. It just, it was like, it, it got to where it was almost a joke. It was like, oh, so two production companies have called this. I mean, it was like a constant inflow, you know. That was so long ago. Yeah. I mean, the first production companies were
0: calling, I guess, 17 years ago. Yeah. And I know yeah. it called because I was pregnant. So it's very easy to remember that, like, that date. Uh-huh. And that was before reality shows were so big. Uh-huh. So
2: it was kind of super scary to us yeah. when they were calling. Because we were like, you know, there was like Real World and Big Brother. Oh, yeah. Survivor. That's it.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and they really most of them at that time and some big ones called back when I said there's some things we said no to, we might should have said yes to. <laughs> this could be one of them. But most of them wanted us to be the female version of American Chopper. Do you remember that show? Sure do. The dad with two sons yeah. fought and they sure hated each He would walk in and like kick a chair and they're like, I don't think you can speak anymore. But yes, I'm sure you're where that show. Is. So anyway, they all I think viewed us mom and two daughters as the female version of America, because that was such a successful show. We weren't even in, interested in pretending to hate Haiti. So that's not what our business was about. And not just because we're not like that as a family. I mean, obviously we do not all agree on everything all the time, but that's not who we are truthfully. But then most importantly, I don't know, the business has been around mm-hmm. five, six, seven years at that point. And we already just felt like we really owed it to Jump Gypsy mm-hmm. as a, its own little being and to the customers or Whatever you want to call them, people that yeah. we already had that loved junk Gypsy, like we just couldn't
2: sell. Like, we couldn't not, sell out like that. Yeah, we're like know? we're not we're not going to sell the soul of junk Gypsy or of our family. You know what I mean? So uh, we went through all that for a few years with these production companies, and you you know the whole shit. Yeah, but, you know how but, that goes. You know, and then you know we want y'all to argue. We want you to that this battle so over prices. I mean, yeah, just, yeah. So we just were like, we're not interested. So why, when
1: the right one finally came along, like, tell us a little bit about that.
2: So we had gotten to where we were super jaded and finally this girl, Dawn Fitzgerald, she's an executive producer, called us. And then I was on the phone with her for probably an hour. And I remember hanging up the phone and I told Jolie, I said, I think we found our girl. And she got it. She got Jolie. She was a woman. She got the value behind it. She, she got the fact that it was like, you know, family. It was family, but it was also empowering. She got all that about it. And but, she was like, I want to make a show with y'all that showcases that. But then. But
0: then. But then. So our fir- the first network that picked us up, which I'm going to. It was Lifetime. like <laughs> I was, was going to say it. Lifetime. Right. Alone, but the first
2: it's just network a network, fact.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah, fact, it's a fact. Lifetime. So we did a, which is, I'm sure you know, this, a 10-day pilot. Oh, a y'all. A huge pilot, A huge crew. <laughs> I mean, I, they don't do that anymore, I'm sure. Like, 10 I, I,
1: days? 10 oh, days. They throw up a sizzle in like six hours. Yeah. 10-day
0: you know? <laughs> yeah. pilot. Brutal. It was like in August or September in Texas, uh-huh. too. So anyway, we did this whole pilot. In the uh-huh. meantime of shooting the pilot to whatever, this new president came in, of course, because you know, we're always shooting. Yeah. The new president said... Love it, love everything, but I want the girls to argue with each other and I want them to haggle over prices.
1: Golly. It just lacks so much vision. I mean, why? Why do they get so stuck in these templates? I know. Um, It's just shocking.
0: And that was pre-Duck Dynasty. And I remember I'll know it being so disappointed in like the world in America and just telling them and my husband being like, I really think America would like a Mayberry show. I think they love the feel good. That's what we mm-hmm. are. Then Doug oh. comes along and blows their body away, and I was totally. like, "I knew,
1: America I knew it." Would
0: like, you know, a Mayberry. But what even happened? Another little addition to the Lifetime story is then. So we said no that we aren't going to do that. They then created a show that was called that was based on two sisters junking. But they weren't really sisters. They got actors. It was so bizarre. We yeah. got knocked off by Lifetime, basically. That is yeah. weird. That show. Yeah. But it was, they were, for, yeah. It was so weird.
1: Yeah. It was so weird. so
2: The network, basically. But you know what's off. funny? And here's the thing, the redeeming thing about that is it it was a huge flop and everybody saw right through it. And it was like, the the public isn't as stupid as... Everybody thinks they are. Do you know? That's what I mean? right.
1: It's and we're right. also not as hungry for blood as they think we are either.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> like
1: true. that may sell, but you know what also sells? Loyalty, joy, like family. That does too.
2: I'm like, you want drama? You come see somebody that messes with Jolie I. Uh, that's or, right. Or whatever. I mean, there's plenty of drama when you run your own business. I mean, 10 times a day, there's drama but it's not with each other.
1: That's right. You're on the same side of the equation.
2: Yeah. We're all on the same team. Our whole family and mom and dad are in their seventies. They still work with us every day.
1: I know every time I'm at y'all store, your dad is there every time I've never not seen him. Like y'all are going to pay me a thousand dollars if I ever come and your dad's not there. Oh, he (laughs) is
2: like that commercial. Never not working. He is never not working. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: So you eventually landed at H G T V. Right. Yes. And that was my introduction to you. That's when I found y'all was your show because there was nothing like it on the network. Nothing. You're unique in the world and you were unique at the time in the programming as well. Cause they also had a pretty well-worn groove of what shows were going to be like and what were the pain points kind of all the same across the board. And it at least appeared to me as a new watcher, as a new person discovering y'all that they let you be you. Did you feel that way? At least for sure at the beginning? They did. And,
2: 100%. and they knew that we were very hesitant. And I remember when they flew down here and the, the in-house producer at HGTV said, I want to talk to y'all. And I know that y'all are gun shy because she had talked to our executive producer. She goes, I know you're gun shy. I know you're scared. I know you're hesitant. But I'm going to tell y'all right now, HGTV is a family network. And we just want you to be yourself. We don't want to change anything about you. Yeah. And she like, I promise you, we won't. So,
1: and they didn't. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? Talk about your experience. Cause that's a gauntlet. You know, I only know one smidgen of what you guys have experienced. Our show was, it was a short run. It was only eight episodes, but it took six months to film and it was our entire life. There was not room for another second in, an, in a minute. It's so all encompassing. I had no idea how much footage it takes to produce 22 minutes. Good, yeah, God. Like, can you just kind of talk about that season of your life? You're like, we are uh, people on a show now. That's what we do.
0: Oh yeah. I think, 100%. It, I mean, I think it was a mixed bag. Cause in hindsight, I mean, there's just so many exciting, fun things happening, the adrenaline, there's nothing like it. I mean, right. d- 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 hundred miles an hour all the time. It's so, we love, we thrive <laughs> on being busy and the deadline and the rush and all that at the same time, I know that was the most stressful time of my life. For
1: sure. I believe because you you already had a full time deal.
0: Right. And and like a five year old. and I mean, my 30s, the most stressful. I mean, that's one of those Uh wake up. I remember waking up at night with my shirt like, you know, I had on like a Heather Gray shirt. It was like Heather Black.
2: I mean, we loved HGTV we loved our team. We loved our. We did three seasons, and then we did a few specials for them, or like so, digital, and we did and then so. well, we did we did like our digital seasons, which that was just a few years ago. But but yeah, our our, our crew we loved, and they lived here on the property with us because we have an inn on the property, so they lived in the inn. It was just like basically, it was like we would always say, "Oh, you're are, you know, we'll see you on campus." You know what I mean? Because it was like I it was really fun, and they were a hundred percent our. They supported us every day, and it was an amazing experience but it was very stressful yep it took a lot of time and people always ask us would you go back and we're like I don't know it'd have to be the really right deal you know but e- even for the show we didn't do it that's not exactly what we do in real life Right. we did on the show I remember being on the list of uh of Robertson's and being like they
0: can play ping pong and make it an episode and make it funny I want to play <laughs> ping pong and make it funny meanwhile
2: we're like reinventing like hanging something massive off of the ceiling like turning a dump truck into a chandelier all while trying to go lip gloss and sanding and and, And, yeah and and then still being moms and and so it was it was a lot I mean you know I mean it's but but, some really fun experiences yeah and, and a lot of exposure came out of it that is you know was valuable
1: that put you on the map in a new way Like at that point and, and programming at the time when your show came out was, it was high, like it was high volume. It was high watch viewership. It's harder now to compete with so there's so much streaming now everywhere. I don't know how anything ever gets seen, but at the time it was way more limited. So if you're on HGTV, we know who you are. Like that's our one network that we're watching for like that kind of show. And so that was kind of exciting. And of course, you've got the storefront at that point, you know, you've got the brick and mortar, which is magical. It's just a magical place y'all. But my empathy thinking about you having like a, you know, 7am call time. And this is where I feel the worst. When I think about those three seasons for you, here's the thing that I think of the most. I'm like, they were doing this in the Texas heat, like nobody understands how miserable it is. And most of your work's
0: outside, or you're in a barn in the winter too. And it was the cold winter, and you couldn't bundle up because you had the mic here. And I'm trying not to shiver while I was talking, and I like couldn't. And nowadays, yeah. nowadays I know enough now. They're yeah. not that like back then. They were very stringent, you know, like the mm-hmm. audio had for everything had to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. And they had to have you standing out there pretending you're not cold. Nowadays. They would like say, "Get where you're warm. You can't sure, talk. Sure. You know, but things were just different back then. I mean, it was like ten years ago, and now everything, like the COVID, you know, everything, you know, the, uh-huh. the everything's loosened yeah, up. that you can see your dog basically. Your
2: we had to walk to school both ways. Exactly. Like yeah, 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 yeah. All you little know, whippersnappers at TV shows now. You're just
1: <laughs> it's easy street. So that season ended. You just said we've done all we can do here. This is. Three seasons is a lot, and it's time to move on, right?
0: So that was about the time. That was exactly the time that HGTV just went to straight. You know, like you said, they have their formula, and at that time, they went to straight real estate renovation. And they were oh, totally nice about that. They were like, "We love y'all." We're like, "We love you too." And they were like, "Do y'all want to sell houses?" Yeah. And we're like- you know no, thank you, you thank you but I really don't <laughs> do y'all want to sell houses I can't so that's how, that's well, kind of, totally how then it then it moved so to the digital
2: because Junk Gypsy I'm like a, a lot of people do HGTV and it's their first time anybody's seen them we had already done the whole Junk Gypsy gig for about 15 years at that point so we already were established in Texas it wasn't like No one knew us at all, you know. And they're like, "Uh, could y'all like sell real estate or like do tiny houses for millennials? And I was like, "What the millennial? Y'all, hey, we love y'all, but we're not TV show hosts. I mean, like, we do what we do. And like, you know, if if y'all decide you want to, we'll talk. (laughs) But we're like, we, we can't sell real estate.
1: I literally can't with the tiny homes to millennials. I just can't. That's where I was at. That's like where it was at at the time. Um, so, okay, talk about a little bit about where you are like right now. What is the most fun thing that you are doing? And you just very casually dropped in. We have an inn on the property. Y'all don't understand what what Amy means when she said we have an inn. They have a magical inn on their property, and I've stayed there several times. And. You've just expanded in such wonderful ways, like the way that you have created a space of hospitality out of what it is that you do, because even your store is so warm and welcoming. I mean, I, I, I've seen several concerts on y'all's front porch at the store and we've got wine set up and it's like you're in a someone's backyard. It's like a home. It's like a, we're welcoming to y'all's home. And then you've got the end. Like there's just so many wonderful things about what you do. What are you loving the most right now? What's bringing you the most joy? Cause by the way, cash, cash, you also wrote a book, like just drop that in. Y'all we were friends during that time.
2: Yeah, we need to write another book. That's that's something we keep. That's we, on our to do list. Yeah, mm-hmm. can you help us? <laughs> yes,
1: yes, y'all. I don't know if you remember, we texted a bunch while you were walking. I saw the room where you had it laid out everywhere. It looked oh, yeah, like a magazine high. had exploded. Like,
2: yeah,
1: that's kind of how our
2: brains feel. How do we have time to do that again right now? But we know we should, and we and we actually love the book experience. Jolie and I both love it. I was actually a journalism major, an ag journalism major in college. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Well, listen, if you can write about a farm, then you can write about a business. If you can like... write about
2: chicken, then that's you can know, right. bring it on. Yes. We do want to do another book. We just haven't done that yet. But tell her what you're excited about. You know what I'm most excited about? Let's because hear it. So this is the reason that a lot of things get started, and not finished around here, because that's the creative brain, you know? But, uh, pointing to what you're excited about. We are sitting in decided to renovate this garage. Can you see it?
1: Yeah, I can see it. I'm not blind. You don't think okay. I've been looking at y'all's faces this whole time, do you? <laughs> so I'm looking right past you.
2: So this is an old garage that's a 1952 Sears kit house on the property. This is the garage. We're like, what can we do with that garage? So we're like, well, we can just do something to it and make it a space or whatever. And then we get in here and I'm like, oh, we're, we're going to nose dive into the female psyche. It's going to be the Thelma garage. And we have a huge mural of Thelma Louise on the wall.
1: Know what? <gasps> no way. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We can stay here? Yes.
0: Yeah. And okay, it's not, well, there was a ladder in here because we've been working here yesterday. I'm trying to show you oh the bath. Look see, at the
1: bathtubs. Y'all. I'm trying to locate this on your property in my brain.
0: So, you know, right behind the store, there's the farmhouse. Yeah. There's a farmhouse. Okay. That's where we live when we first moved here. Uh-huh. And, Right beside the farm. If you're looking at the farmhouse from the store, right left is the garage. okay. okay. The right garage. Yeah, it's
2: a garage that was built in like probably the early '80s, and it's fancy about this garage. But all of a sudden, it's turned into this like kind of magical space, super, and I'm like, super vibey. It's very vibey, and we just and I don't want to leave it.
1: So that's what we love doing.
2: it. We were like, let's take Jen to the film. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. So eventually, when it's done, people can rent it or be a, a rental place, a room in the inn. Oh, that's such a good use of that, y'all. I cannot wait to see that.
2: So it's fun. I mean, and that's the thing about, you know, we want it to be fun. That's our number one thing. You know, is this fun? Is it good for the family? Is it good for Junk? Okay, let's do it. You know, that's kind of the barometer. But yeah, doing this has been fun. I'm super excited about how it's all come together. So this is my thing right now. I'm just like, that's all I want to do is get this finished. So that's my exciting thing. It's how
0: about you, Jolie? I don't know. We just have what am I excited about right yeah. now?
2: Mm-hmm. There's just
0: so many things going on with we have so many different buckets, like I say, with gypsy right now with you know the Q, the QVC stuff we got going on and the Bucky stuff and you know, we always have new projects on the horizon. So all of that keeps, keeps us so busy on,
2: we did, we did a, a big collection for Bucky's during COVID and Bucky's a Texas company for people who don't know. It's, you can't, you can't even explain it. Really. I, I was just
1: literally just trying to think how can we even explain Bucky's to people? I, I don't y'all. It's like a, it's a gas station that meshed up with a mall, you know, I don't know. It's huge. It's endless. You can, I don't even know. I can't. Everybody person, Google it.
2: The average person spends 42 minutes inside of Bucky's.
1: Okay, good. That's a perfect example.
2: It's like yeah. the Disney world of gas stations. Yeah. And by the way, they prefer the word travel. I understand I understand. Oh, they travel
1: center. <laughs> and don't go in there. don't you need to go in hungry because yeah. you to eat like some homemade brisket or maybe like some sushi. Anything yeah. can happen <laughs> in a Bucky's. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so y'all did a collection. Right. Right before COVID, they were here and they wanted us to collaborate. At the time, we really couldn't make it happen just because Uh we didn't have the resources.
2: So that's what we did through COVID. I have to say a thing about them that's super interesting and notable is that COVID hit and everybody's like, of course, we're in retail and we run it in. What what are we going to do? You know, so they called and they were like, you can't say no. Like we're past we to have. Like they all of a sudden were like we want to help all these Texas companies that we can. Oh, I love so it. it. The reason why this happened is because they weren't going to take no for an answer, and it's been a great thing. It was a so. huge
0: process. So from the time we started to the time it actually ended up inside the Bucky's was yeah. probably over a year. Yeah, I mean just because the whole production process was a learning a new yeah a new thing for us. We're still learning, so we Every learned day. we learned a whole new uh, aspect to the business through this whole Bucky's process. Mm-hmm. So it's been very, it's been a very, you know, good experience for all of us. It's good for Bucky's. It's good for us. And Bucky's is just growing. I mean, there's like adding seven, I think, every year for the next couple Bananas. of years. In Colorado. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it that's been a very kept us very busy. Y'all, I mean, I
1: feel like you're you could just keep growing your business every single day until you die. Like there's just no new frontier that you would not be willing to explore or try or learn. I love this about you. Like this is really inspiring for me to watch you and to listen to you take risks and try new things and be willing to get it wrong until you get it right. And I just, I love that approach. It's, we don't have to be just so precious about every little thing. And it's exciting. This makes work fun. Like, Let's just say no harm, no foul. Let's just say, what do we have to lose here? You know, let's, let's go for it. And maybe we end up with something magical that we love that becomes like this new part of our whole ecosystem. And y'all have been doing that for so long, decades plus at this point. It's so fun to watch. And it's so, I have so much of y'all's clothes too. Like, thanks for outfitting me. I
2: have your boots. I have it all. Like I could be y'all's model. I forget that. The boots are always exciting. That's, that's exciting. exciting, yeah. But, you know, that's the thing that we, you know, like the inn. We were never planning on having an inn. And then this, this I'm looking at this direction on the property. I know, I'm staring at the whole but, thing. Um, the property. But it came up for sale and it was behind our property. And we were like, okay, well, I guess we have to buy it. And then we were like, really, I remember the day that we signed the papers and we cut the barbed wire fence and walked onto it. We're like. So we're we running in now? Like, <laughs> so like okay, like so we basically know nothing about anything that we're doing or that we ever have. We just figure it out as we go. So, yeah,
1: but you're willing to learn, and you do.
2: Anybody can do it, right? Oh,
1: I love it so much.
2: All right. we can do it. Anybody can
1: do it. <laughs> I love it. This idea of community—it's just so vital, right? Studies have proven again. And again, that people in community have markedly improved physical, mental, and emotional health. So in the Gin Hatmaker Book Club, we talk about books every month, of course, yes. And we have all the bells and whistles to support that book talk. It's incredible. But what really we love the absolute most is each other. <laughs> Our book clubbers support each other like, in the hard times. We celebrate each other in the good times. It's like magic. These are real, authentic, genuine connections that happen in our private face group, but also in real life. You guys, we have local chapters in cities and towns across the entire U.S. where members have cultivated, I kid you not, lifelong in-person friendships. They found their people. The sharing and caring that goes on in this community is just breathtaking. And you wouldn't believe the beauty that lives inside of this group. We want you to find the community and connection we all need. And we are waiting for you with open arms. So I mean come for the great books but stay for the even greater community of women. Find out more at jenhatmakerbookclub.com. Wrapping up here girls. Okay, quick just off the top of your head. I'm asking everybody in this series this question and I want to hear from both of you. When you're not doing all the things that you're doing, when you have like 1 second of downtime a week, what's your guilty pleasure? Like, what do you do? What do you do to like, this is my minute. This is my hour.
2: What can we say on camera?
1: You can say it all, girl. Listen, I have a text thread with you. I know. <laughs> I know where our head's at. We cannot public. <laughs> cannot. That's, it's in the vault. That's in the vault. <laughs> oh, man. Is it a show? Are you watching something? Oh, I'm totally into, I know I'm
0: behind on this one. I'm totally into Orange is the New Black. Oh, you came late to the party. Like I know, I can't huh? stop watching it. I feel like a a Gen Zer walking around wanting to stare at my phone all the time and watch it. <laughs> totally, that's I, a good one. I've never seen it. Did you watch
1: it? I watched it when it originally came out, and it's just like mesmerizing.
2: Ten years ago, I watched. Was it, it. ten years ago? Really? <laughs> no, I don't.
1: know. I don't know, but it was years ago. It's fine. I'm late to everything, Julie. <laughs> everything. I'm the latest <laughs> adopter to everything, so I'm not. I don't judge that.
2: I, I, I like that show.
1: I'm into it. Okay. What's your guilty pleasure? Oh
2: my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. Do I have one? (laughs) Yeah. To be continued? I don't know.
1: (laughs) We'll come back to it. Okay. How about this one? In your work, and now, of course, work for you is like a huge umbrella, but just you just have to pick one. What would be like the tool or the gadget or the machinery or just whatever if you had to say, this is the one? thing that makes what we do 10 times easier and 10 times faster and I couldn't live without it
2: zip ties yeah <laughs> zip ties. I can't zip ties and glitter zip ties and glitter well not glitter oh that's a yeah. yeah.
0: gadget yeah but zip ties is a good one very good yeah
2: yeah
1: I, I mean would not ever think of that in a million years
2: but it's true right well because setting up the store I would say the two things we could not do without when we're at the store, setting up the store is, you know, a screw gun, a good drill. A good class.
1: That's it. It's like, it's held together with a little bit of metal and some plastic. Is yeah. What you're yeah, that's right.
2: uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Just, just Drop us on a deserted island somewhere. Make sure we have a drill. and
1: yeah. Last question. I want to hear from you both. Everybody gets this question every episode ever. And answer it, please, however you want. Like it can be very precious and dear, or it can just be like obnoxious. What's saving your life right now?
2: I mean, honestly, I mean, this feels precious and dear, but it's, you know, I'm a, I have a daughter and I've never had a husband, which people still ask about that. It's interesting. We didn't, know so, you were, we didn't know you were ever married. It, I'm like, I wasn't. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. To to her. Her. A That's right.
1: You can just have a baby. You can just have a baby.
2: But truly, I've always said Married she you. was born. She's like my, like she's my advantage. like going home, being with her every day. It's like, it's just me and her. It's like, we have our own little cl- girls club or whatever. Like that's my, that's my saving grace.
1: Truly. I love it. How old is she right now? 13. It's a fun age. And somehow
2: she's still my saving grace, even at 13. But
1: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: that's kind of
0: my That's
1: a good one. I yeah. love it. I-
2: my first piece that I think of
0: in the first moment was just the time of the evening when I'm cooking supper, a glass yeah. of wine, and my husband and my son, and a vinyl yeah. on the record player.
1: Yes, That's
0: yes. My favorite. I look forward to that part of the day. Jolie and I are very content. It's hard to get me out of the
2: house in the evening. Yeah, yeah, very hard. Our therapy, oddly, and I—I I have to say this is because messy be because we grew up in the restaurant business. I just don't know. Both of us, kind of, our therapy is going home at night and cooking dinner. I love it. Love cook
1: dinner. Yeah, I do too. Y'all, you know, I feel the same way.
2: Yeah, yeah. but I cook with wine and you don't.
0: Yeah, so I know. mine's way better. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> What's dinner if you don't have
1: I a mean, glass of wine for uh, I don't understand that. Girls, you know how I feel about you both. I just love you to pieces. I'm just so happy we became friends all those years ago. And I have loved being in your world. I've loved any sort of time we've ever spent together. I absolutely loved watching the season premiere of Yellowstone with you at the end. (laughs) Like everything about y'all is so dear to me and I'm proud of you. It's so exciting to watch what you have built and how, what you continue to build and to do it in a way that has literally never compromised your integrity. That's rare. I mean, it is, it's rare. And so the fact that you have remained like true to who you are and to your core and to your family, to your values, it's just, it's so wonderful to see. And so I can't wait for anybody in my world, which is maybe like 10 people who didn't already know about y'all to meet you through this episode. And so will you just finish by telling everybody like, where's the best place to find you? If people are wanting to all of a sudden start like knowing about you and following you and seeing what you do.
0: Well, our Instagram is Jump Gypsy. Pinterest is Jump Gypsies. Twitter's, which we never do. And find it for our mailing list. That's
2: probably really smart on our website. You can, you can find us in Round Top. Texas. Oh yeah,
0: physically. Sorry, Population
2: yes. 90. That's nice. It's the greatest little, sweetest little town you'll ever visit. Um It's in
1: a, the whole world.
2: Oh man, it really? It's, just, is. it's it's a special town. We've only been here for 10 years, so we can say that and truly mean it. Like,
1: yep, absolutely absolutely swing over to Royer's get some food and pie like it is a beautiful and a wonderful place to be okay y'all so love you we, we love, love you back yes absolutely I need to come back out to see you I know, and, and, and Amy's always texting me she's like I'm in Austin what are you doing <laughs> so <laughs> anyway thanks for coming on today you guys
2: love all you, right man. bye bye
1: okay guys, more to come. Aren't they the cutest? They are the cutest, the funniest, the wildest. I learned pretty early on in our friendship through having conversations that weren't just the surface conversation, but they went one, two, three, four, five levels deeper. I'm like, oh, these are my people like we're actually deeply aligned. We're ideologically aligned. We are aligned in our worldview. They're not just good friends. I feel like they're conversation partners and almost like colleagues in some of our work. I am so thrilled to be in their universe and that they are in mine. If you don't follow them, it is time. So over at jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab, I will put everything about this episode. I'll put the episode up, the notes, I will put up every single Junk Gypsy thing, all their social handles, their website, everything, because their stuff is so cool. Like, you're going to for sure want to follow them just to see their aesthetic. It's so unique. It's so them. And it's irreplaceable. So this whole series, you guys, I've been so inspired to record it. It is so moving to watch people steer into the curve of what they love and really put weight behind their creativity, their innovation, their craftsmanship, their their favorite, pastimes and hobbies and say, this is worth my attention. Like this is worth my energy. And then they've built it into such beautiful spaces for the rest of us. So you're going to love this series. Come back for more next week. I can't wait to share it with you. In the meantime, thanks for being an incredible listening community. And I love you. And Amanda loves you. And Laura and her team love you. And we love to serve you week in and week out. All right, you guys see you next week.